Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and Stitcher and at nfl.com/shek. Oh, there's much football to discuss, even though we're in the month of June. A lot of pro football players are practicing here, there, and everywhere. Here at NFL Network, we continue to break it down on the top 100 list. Every Wednesday night, we're coming at you on Thursday afternoon, the day after the latest batch of 10 names was revealed. Chief among them, or at least to my eye, Joe Flacco at number 58. He won a Super Bowl two years ago, if you haven't heard, and he ascended, I think, up to number 19 on last year's list. Now he goes to 58, in my mind, way too high. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about our ongoing uh, campaign to name the all-division teams. Instead of it being by conference, like the Pro Bowl, although actually they do the the draft now, the Dion versus Jerry Rice drafting, but they still are named by conference. Instead of that, we've refined it by division. Who do you want going into the season at each position by division? And we're going to be talking with a guy who probably is going to get uh, a, a lot of consideration here for myself and the man seated directly across from me from the Around the League podcast in the Around the League pages on NFL.com. He always does it with a bit of mirth and great insight. He wrote about Colin Kaepernick. In fact, if you want to get some uh, some good thoughts on that deal and what it means to the 49ers, check it out. I'm talking about Mark Sessler. What's the poop, fella? Uh, what a pleasure to yes. be here. Has it been a solid year maybe since I've sat in here I don't think so, you? but I don't know why we get the hi-hat from you. Some of your around-the-league colleagues are more than happy to join us here in Studio 66. You know, I think it's because there's a pecking order, and mm-hmm. the boss decides who largely decides who gets to come up here and get out of the uh, the daily grind of writing posts, and my name has not been chosen uh, from that angle, so yeah, but don't the, blame me. But the boss, though, is, uh, that you're referring to is Greg Rosenthal, and uh, who is, I guess, by who, he's nominally, what, the editor of Around the League? Isn't it weird to have a boss, though, that you know you could physically beat up? 
Is that weird for you? Well, Does I don't. That I don't know that. I you know that would need to be put to the test. I guess you're saying from sheer visuals. Yeah, you're going Sessler over Rosenthal. I guess it would be tight. That would be a nice featherweight bout. Actually, I don't like it that you think it would be tight. I think it. I'm not sure it would be. I, I just. Took, don't. I just took you. I just said you would win. Yeah, I, I think would. I want to start having. I'm telling you, it would be a great uh, recreation for all of us. Is if we could just start having trial by combat. Let's learn from Game of Thrones and start putting two combatants inside Studio 66. If you can imagine where we are here, Black Tie, the producer, is on the other side of the glass there. he It's a big picture window. We could all gather on that side like the crowd, and then the two combatants get thrown in here. It's our I own version it. of Thunderdome. Let's get back to our animalistic instincts. Yes. Let's solve things, brass tacks, enough gray area. Yeah. I, and I don't know why you and Rosenthal would have to fight. But anyway, let's not uh, talk about that. Let's get into it. I, like I say, Jordan Cameron of the Cleveland Browns is uh, going to be joining us on the phone in just a little bit. I maybe didn't mention that, but uh, I was leading to that, and I got distracted as I usual. could feel it in the yes. atmosphere. So we're gonna. So Sessler's here. He's going to help us name the uh, all-AFC North team. Meantime, like I say, top 100 list is out. Also want to mention, I don't know how we're going to do this black tie, but you in the gold standard – the producer of the Around the League podcast are two soccer aficionados, football. So the Dave Damashek football program, I think we'll do a part two where we're going to do a World Cup-specific one hosted by Black Tie and the Gold Standard. They're going to kibitz about all of it, about a sport I don't really know, so I'm going to maybe be on that side of the glass while they do it. It'll be the Dave Damashek football program. That is a that is wormhole material. I, I will have to uh, tune in for that. I Fo- know football program, but we're spelling the program with two M's and an E at the end <laughs> to make it extra continental. You know what I mean? This is new territory. Yeah, it's going to be good. And uh, what else, Black Tide, did you want me to make mention of? It, that's about it. It's a great show ahead. Oh, I, have to, I have to promote the the uh, the, uh, the World Cup show because that's what Black Ties are worried about. Make sure everybody <laughs> tunes in for that one. Here's what I'm worried about. What about this, uh, Sessler? I went on and on on Wednesday night on the Top 100 Reaction Show, um, which, by the way, airs on the East Coast at 10 p.m. right after the the proper show where the 10 names are unveiled. And am I overreacting? Or Joe Flacco at 58, did people, were, were pro football players who voted on this list unconscious during the 2013 season? He went 19 touchdown passes, 22 interceptions. This ain't 1978 where QBs, you know, or at least a decent uh, percentage of them, would throw more picks than they would touchdown passes. That doesn't happen in the 21st century very often. 22 picks is abysmal. To put it into perspective, over the last 20 years, 22 picks would have led the league in roughly half of those seasons. It just so happens that Eli Manning's apocalyptic 27 picks last year overshadows, but Flacco was downright crummy. How say you? The takeaway for me is that his inclusion at 58 means that one of the following, Big Ben, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, or Phillip Rivers did not make this list. That's correct. You're 100% right. If you work backwards, you you got it right. To me... I know I you you appreciate Big Ben. You, you're a Browns Absolutely. fan. I should say, by the way, yeah, we're do. And the reason Sessler, aside from uh, enjoying his company and his insights as usual, he has been uh, he has not shadowed uh, the the door of Studio 66 at least when the Dave Damashek football program is being recorded very often. But <laughs> it was a must to get you up here for this one. Um, but yeah, I, I so I know you you um, admire slash fear Big Ben, but. 
he's in the Iron Five. I mean, that's the beyond beyond debate in my book. It's got to be. So you go, you go, Rogers, Brady, Peyton, Breeze, Roethlisberger. I thought nonsense that Roethlisberger might not make this list is is like I say, it's nonsense. But after that, so Luck definitely is going to make it. Right. Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl. He's certainly going to make it. Phil Rivers had that huge bounce back. Cam Newton took the Panthers. Well, well along with that great defense, took them to a division crown. I mean, the answer's got to be two and fourteen. Matt Ryan. I don't think there's any question about that because uh, this whole list seems to be constructed off of a short memory. And that's how all people remember last year was Joe Flacco's, you know, sterling January into February, and bang, he's number 19. And Matt Ryan was essentially in a hinterland in, in, in Atlanta post-Julio Jones' injury. And so that's, that's, that's who I think, unless they went absolute zero respect for Phillip Rivers, which would be incorrect. But incorrect things have happened with this list from start to finish. Uh, real quick before we jump in now to the uh, to the all AFC North team, Colin Kaepernick. Like I say, you wrote some uh, some keen stuff on that. What do you think? Because it's uh, something we've talked about over the last couple or few months. It's almost unfair to there. There's a distinction between older QBs and young QBs beyond just the fact that the that Brady and Peyton stand in the pocket, you know, statuesque, sling the ball from there, whereas this new age luck, Kaepernick, Wilson and the rest like to like can can hurt you with the legs and everything. The thing that we the other thing that is difficult to it's unfair to the older guys is that they're all making twenty million dollars, which compromises the overall depth of the roster, and they must then carry more of the load. Whether you think that's fair or not, that's the position that they're now in, so they have to rise and be better than they are all through the regular season. Now, Kaepernick is the first of the dominoes to fall now because you have those twenty million dollars presumably on their way for Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck and and uh, Cam Newton has he had a bit? He hasn't gotten into a second deal yet, right? He's, no, because they did the fifth year oh, right, option right, right. with him. Yeah, and pl- and they got to get out from under those terrible running back contracts that they're with too before <laughs> they can address anything else. But anyway, do you think now? Do, do you anticipate Colin Kaepernick? rising to this occasion now now that he has got to be the man I keep saying that defense is going to regress you can expect that if you go piece by piece you can figure out why it's not going to be as good as it's been over the last three years Kaepernick must carry the load yes yeah and I think he the Niners number one boldly removed Alex Smith because of what they saw behind the scenes on the practice field with Kaepernick before any of us really even saw what he's capable of they, they bought it and believed in him. And this contract is an extension of that thinking that th- he's critiqued as a guy that didn't look to his second target last year when the first read went away. Who was his second target? They've finally gone out and gotten him some wide receivers. And I think that they, they've been such a run-heavy team. They can grow the passing game. And I think they're viewing him with that contract. Where's his ceiling? Why is Andy Dalton struggling to get a second deal after three straight playoff years? Because... We all know what Dalton's ceiling is. With Kaepernick, there's room to grow, and I think that's what's enticing about him. That's what people see in Colin, and I think that the 49ers are fully confident that he's a top-10 quarterback. I believe that, you know, if not at the end of this season, 
soon after. We'll look at him that way. I also wonder if we'll see, you know, that we anticipate almost grimly that these guys are not going to be able to run the ball around the way they do in in their early years. And it's funny, I'm not saying Ben Roethlisberger is as as athletic as uh, Andrew Luck or Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick, but just the same. You and I were sitting in the newsroom yesterday, and there just so happened to be an old Steelers-Browns game on or some highlights of Ben Roethlisberger in his first couple of years. And boy, oh boy, as much as I say, it's become sort of empty rhetoric to say, yeah, Roethlisberger used to be able to run some, but you forget he could take off. He could hurt you. They would do a lot of design, draw, QB draws, the the old Elway play, take the snap, uh, drop a half a step, and then run straight forward. He would do that to great effect early in his career. So do we? do you see Kaepernick transitioning, if not, you know, this season over the next couple of seasons into being the stand-in-the-pocket kind of guy. Well, I think they finally now... They're not stand-in-the-pocket because sure. Roethlisberger doesn't do it. He, he moves around. He just doesn't take off and, and right. kill you with the legs anymore. Yeah, you never want to remove an aspect of a quarterback's game that's as dangerous as he is as a mobile runner, but I, I, I think that the 49ers are smart enough to want to develop him in, in the pocket, and they're, they've gone out and said, we've added Stevie Johnson... We got Ellington as a draft pick. We finally can grow this passing game and give him an ability to stay in the pocket. A lot of it was they're really just Anquan Bolden is a fine receiver, but he's not a guy that's going to beat people over and over. And they didn't have before Crabtree came back that guy. I mean, you look what Kaepernick's done over, what, 23 starts or so. It is remarkable statistically, but also in terms of they believe in him as a hard worker, and they think that he's dedicated enough. His game's going to grow. He's the first to tell you, I need to develop. I'm not going to just stay where I am and run around all day long. This is a guy they want to work with. The team believes in him. There's just nothing about this that I don't understand the, crit- the criticism because when you have one of these quarterbacks, you have no other choice but to pay this Hold money. Hold on to him like grim death. But the gamble is... The If you do give the $20 million deal, I don't know if the Ravens are a cautionary tale now for the rest of football. You know, the, if, if you do the $20 million deal, it's sort of, it's almost more debilitating. I guess it is more debilitating than in, in NBA terms. You get three max deals, basically, for your team. If you hand out a max deal to the wrong guy, that really is going to hurt you. You do that with a quarterback, there's only one $20 million guy on an NFL team. And if you gamble wrong on that one, your team is doomed for the next couple or a few years. And two items, quick, if you take, and, and this is coming out, you know, since the deal was signed, if you look closer at the 49ers deal with Kaepernick, it's very friendly because it's not essentially yeah, they can that gear, they, right, they, they, they right. can move out of that. With the Flacco one, fine, let's say we're not as happy with Flacco this year. That's another team that didn't, they had issues. They, they lost their tight end, his best friend for the full season almost. They didn't have a lot of wide receiver talent. The offensive line was a mess. The running backs melted away. They're going to be a better team this year on offense. But, so let's say you dump Flacco. What do you do? As, you know, Chris Wessling pointed out on yesterday's podcast, do you just, you go sign Josh Freeman? I mean, you have no choice but to pay. That's the market rate for a franchise quarterback. It means if he succeeds, your scouts, your coaches, they don't have to move next season. The whole place doesn't start over. You don't reboot the machine. This is where we're at. 
Well, by the way, Chris Wessling joined us on our last podcast to help us do the NFC South and a lot of positive feedback, as I would expect, on Chris Wessling's insights there. You can dig up that podcast or and or you could listen to Sessler and Wessling and their pals from around the league. Kib, it's about all of it on the Around the League podcast. It is unnerving following Wessling because he is a bona fide like film watching scientist. Yes, I have. As I'm a father of two small children, I haven't had more than two hours of sleep in four years. So he's 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 a, a downgrade. He's a conundrum. He's a walking <laughs> conundrum. That Chris Wessling because he is uh, he's scientific in his thought process, but then again, he's also a hillbilly who brags about having lived on an island before. Moved. Very I lived on an island. I don't have TV. You know, it's very strange. Um, but like you say, with the 49ers, this is something I'm beating into the ground this offseason. The defense is going to fall back. But man, oh man, that Niners offense should be just about unstoppable. I mean, you can make a case about a lot of different offenses, but really, go through it. Whose offense would you rather, what pieces would you rather have? The Broncos, let's say? Or would you rather have, or, you know, to me, the Niners and the Bears offenses are going to be just phenomenal this year because of the depth that they have, too. But, I mean, imagine Frank Gore is just about ageless, and even if he regresses some, now you have Carlos Hyde, who by all accounts would have been a first round, would have been a top 12 pick a gener- in the draft a generation ago. It's just not the way teams draft anymore. Then you say, like you say, this is one of the most under-the-radar signings of the offseason. Stevie Johnson, who, whether you think he's a bona fide number one or not, served as that for the Bills the last many years now. He's now the third receiver on that team. Plus, like you say, Bruce Ellington, who's a burner. <coughs> plus Anquan Bolden. Plus a presumably healthy Michael Crabtree. Plus Vernon Davis. And a great offensive line. And a QB who's got a whip, you know, a top five whip. And can murder you with the with the legs as well. What's what, what's going to happen? I mean, I think that defense <laughs> is not going to be very good this year. But so what? They're just going to outscore everybody, right? And the and the thing about San Francisco and and you mentioned Chicago too is you have two coaches that have a track record of outsmarting the opponent. Those players believe that they're going to have a game plan every week, and that because they do, that's going to generate points and yardage. San Francisco will be better on offense. I'm not sure I buy the defensive decline to some degree, but look at Seattle as well. This, these two go you know, punch for punch. Seattle mm-hmm. went and added Paul Richardson as a wide receiver, one of the fastest guys. You've got Curse who's going to develop. They're becoming stronger, as, and I, I wish they had gone after Jermichael Finley. That looks like that's dead, but add him into that mix. Seattle also is going to move away from being potentially just a run-heavy team. They're going to grow Russell Wilson as well. That division will continue to be, outside of Sam Bradford, interesting at the quarterback uh, what position. About, I, mean, I, I don't want to get it. We're doing NFC. Or I promise we're getting into the AFC North, but then what about the Bears and the Packers? That should oh. be a spectacular battle all season long as well. And the Lions may put themselves into the mix too. And the Vikings are kind of interesting with Mike Zimmer if that defense is all right. I mean, they still have Adrian Peterson. They have Corderell Patterson, obviously. Greg J- oh, oh, Let's like, get to football season. How about yeah, that? Well, right, that's let's, perfect. Let's, let's bide our time by doing the all-AFC North team. And uh, like I say, Mark Sessler is a diehard Browns fan. My heart goes out to him and to all <laughs> Cleveland sports fans. It's been a rough uh, rough century or so for you guys. But um, let's get into it here. Time, uh, you know, there's cause for optimism finally. Johnny Football, with whom I have no beef going to Vegas, as I went on and on about last week. Sure. He's a young fella. He's a, what, what, what gives? The, the 
people are sending up to, on Memorial Day weekend, getting up on Mount Pius in their vacation home to look down at the rest of us uh, mortals. I I think roughly what four five hundred NFL players were in Vegas that weekend. The the thing that I was worried <laughs> about was a Cleveland's organization, which. I look at the the acquisition of Manziel. It's like a guy that's never had an attractive girlfriend. And in the early <laughs> weeks and months, you just don't know. You don't know what to do. You're learning through mistakes on how to keep that situation intact. They handled it well. That basically Coach Patton said, I don't care. I just don't care. Why didn't he bring me? You know, it's like they reacted. Well, they could have overreacted. They Isn't didn't. that right? You're so right. Because I could dismiss that, you know, just bat it aside as nonsense. But, of course... If the coach had said anything that, you know, he could have strayed with some words, oh, we'd rather him be practicing, but you know what, he can, you know, if he said anything even like that that insinuated maybe it wasn't a great choice for Petten just to be like, I told him to have a good time, ends the conversation. Squelched it. I love that. That was a great sign for Mike Petten. And for all the mess that January and February were for, uh, and, and into March, I guess, for your team, <laughs> I feel like they just landed. I don't know if it was dumb luck or what, but I feel like Mike Pettin is going to be a gem. Well, sometimes you back into things in the NFL, and if that's what they did, who cares? No one's going to remember a year from now if they end up having their first winning season in ages how that how long that coaching search took. It doesn't matter. Belichick didn't go till to Cleveland back when they hired him until February. Pete Carroll was about the 47th choice for USC before that uh, dynasty (laughs) began. So, all right. Either way, Johnny Football in 2014 may take off. Maybe Brian Hoyer will start the season. I think that would be a mistake. But either way, we're not putting either one of those guys as our all AFC North QB going into the 2014 season. Who you got? Andy Dalton, number 58 Joe Flacco, or Big Ben Roethlisberger? It's... It's so easy. It's Big Ben. Well, a year ago, a lot of people said, oh, I think Flacco's now better than Roethlisberger, which I laughed at, but I mean, there were people who tried to make that case. You made a good point. As someone that has to watch a team that you grew up with deal with Big Ben, there's no other quarterback on this list that he can do anything with whatever they put out there on the field. He makes it happen. He's the best quarterback by far. On this in this division, it's easy. I know that it's uh, everything's not apples to apples based on the style of offenses teams are running. But listen, everybody run it, it has something close to you know NFL offenses sort of look similar. And the best way to answer those questions is basically what you said. You know, l- referring back to the top one hundred list when people say, "Well, Kaepernick's good, but I don't know." All right, how about this? You know, he's eleven spots behind Nick Foles. Do you think if the 49ers called up the Eagles and said, hey, how about a straight swap? We'll give you Kaepernick, you give us Foles. What do you think uh, Chip Kelly would do? Do you think he'd be like, nah, I'm going to stick with Foles? Well, <laughs> I know he, I know he would never tell us. He would take Kaepernick in a second. Of course, of course. That's how you play the game. Do you, do you think the Ravens would rather have Ben Roethlisberger over Joe Flacco? I'm certain they would. I don't think they would say that publicly, <laughs> but, I, but I'm certain they think that. And by the way, so we'll go Flacco one. I mean, we'll go Big Ben one. I say Johnny Football two. Because it would be fun to have him as our backup QB for the promise. And speaking of backups, real quick, Andy Dalton, here's one of my uh, bold predictions. Not due to injury, A.J. McCarron will start uh, at least one game for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. Not owed to an Andy Dalton injury. I think they're going to put McCarron in there at some point. If they go and give Andy Dalton a new contract, I think the tenor changes there. But if that doesn't happen, you're absolutely right. I think think he's going to play for his contract. And I think that pressure and when things turn south in a game or in a two-week stretch, that is something that I feel, I don't, I don't get the sense 
that he can shoulder that. And I think it will cause him to play worse. And I think A.J. McCarron will jump in there, and we'll see what happens from there. And remember, it was the Bengals' owner, Mike Brown, who came out last season and admitted he wanted Kaepernick over Dalton in that draft. He's Makes not you happy. feel good. <laughs> You're right. It's <laughs> a red rifle. Um, all right, wide receiver, some good ones in this division, of course. A.J. Green certainly is making it. Josh Gordon has to, but we don't know what uh, what his status is going to be. But, of course, if he's available, hard to argue against that. Then here's where it gets interesting. Antonio Brown, Torrey Smith, Steve Smith. How say you, Sessler? Who belongs? We're, we're going to go with three here. Definitely, obviously, you got Green and Gordon up top. And I'll go Antonio Brown. I think he, if, if anything, is an underway, underrated wide receiver where I like Torrey Smith. He's maybe a little bit more one-dimensional than some of these other guys. Steve Smith, five years ago, three years ago, he'd be on this list. I'm not taking him right now as a top three guy. I, of course, am going to include Antonio Brown there because when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Like the late, great Jerry Orbach says to the late, great Patrick Swayze at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And I last, uh, round about this time last year, I said Antonio Brown is the Steelers' number one. That is uninspired in my book. And Ike Taylor came on and said, oh, yeah, he's he's the best one-on-one wide receiver in the NFL. I laughed heartily. I said, what about Calvin Johnson? He said, I'll say it again. Antonio Brown <laughs> one-on-one is the best receiver in the game. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of hyperbole. But look at the numbers. He a is little very bit? productive. Just well, a little? I mean, he doesn't cut the figure of, of A.J. Green. He's not 6'4". He's not Julio Jones to, uh, to, to see him. But the... You know the numbers are quite remarkable, aren't they? You know, for an no, offensive, pretty legit for sure. He doesn't look like it. I wouldn't. He probably isn't top five, but maybe he's number six. It's mm. still. Legit. I mean, I, yeah, that's a good way. To, is he a top ten receiver? I think Definitely. he probably yes. is. Yeah. Right. So, um, all right. So that'll be our trio there. Then we go Jordan Cameron, Dennis Pitta, Heath Miller. How say why, you? Why is for? Heath Miller not who who typed up this list? I think you know who typed up this list. Black tie. How could you not have Heath Miller? It's 2014, guys. This is not so a what? lifetime achievement mm. award. This is going into 2014. You listed Dennis Pitta. Why would Dennis Pitta be here was, and, and Heath Miller I not? I honestly was just going to go with just Jordan Cameron. That's <laughs> all right, but Heath Miller's a, a dynamite blocker at the very least, and continues to be productive catching the ball. Even though he came back in 2013, he started out a little sluggishly, but as the season wore on, he became a, a big factor for the Steelers. If there's one thing I know, Sheck, I know my tight ends. Let me my fantasy my fantasy depth chart last year had Jordan Cameron, Jordan Reed, and Jimmy Graham. I think Jordan mm. Cameron's going to be he's going to be one of the big. Uh, like last year, he stepped it up, but he's going to step it up even more in twenty fourteen. I thought be... you knew body language was the one thing. <laughs> well, there's that's you know, I have so a you couple have two of skills. Yeah. One yeah. A, one B. It would be ill manners to pick someone other than uh, Jordan Cameron when he's about to join you on the show. Touche. We'll put Jordan Cameron in there at running back. We're only picking one here: Raymond Rice, Gio Bernard, Ben Tate, Terrence West. Not listed here. I don't know if we can go with a rookie here. But and uh, and Levy and Bell, and if you want to throw him in there, uh, you know, Mister uh, Mister Punchy, um, Legarrette Blunt, Legarrette Blunt. I like Blunt. I'll tell you what, Le'Veon Bell is uh, 
the pick here for me. I think Doesn't that, he seem like he's going to be really good? Yes, and he's in the perfect offense. I don't think they view uh, Blunt as a guy that's going to take more than five, six carries away from him a game. Pretty easy pick. I, I don't like Ray Rice's whole game plan off the field. Or, or Bernard right Pierce, now. yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with, uh, with that Ray Rice stuff. Waiting for the league to weigh in on that because it's getting to be a slippery sort of thing that, you know, well, based on your past track record and it doesn't have to do with whether or not you're charged with crimes. It has to do with I'm not sure quite what at this point, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Ray Rice. Either way, I don't think he's in the conversation at this point. To me, it comes down to Gio Bernard, Levy, and Bell. It's got to be Gio, guys. I know you guys are thinking Le- uh, Levy and Bell's going to step it up, but Gio's already shown that promise so far. And so was Levy and Bell. Levy and Bell better. was hurt more than Gio. Well, that's part of the game. Black tie, here's the problem, though. The Bengals have they've got a Jeremy Hill, the rookie. They've got potentially law from if they keep him around. They've got a bundle of running backs. If you're Pittsburgh, Bell's going to get a huge chunk He's going to be on the field for – I don't know that he'll be an every down back, but he's capable of being that. I don't know about – I think Gio Bernard stands to have a terrific season this year. Well, I, I think he could really uh, be gangbusters, but Levy and Bell's, I think, going to get more touches. I need a guy who, who, uh, who's capable of some splash plays. That's what I want on my Levy team. and Bell is and, that. Uh, he hasn't shown me that yet, though. Are you Not crazy? Not as much as Gio did last year. I mean, you remember that I one know, play I know this isn't a football play, but he somersaults into the end zone. That's pretty athletic. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Jeremy Hill ain't doing any somersaults. In the, Larry Kinnebrew never did a somersault into the end zone. Pretty good. He's a, he's a nifty athlete. Your hope is Hugh Jackson. It's a, that is a better play caller than Jay Gruden, and he loves the running game. So this is a tough one. I'm with Sessler. I'm going to go Levy and oh, Bell. I'm, see, break the... I'm trying to save you from yourself, Shaq. Why? I'm not at, being a homer. People are going to look Gio. at this list and be like, "Oh, this." There you go, Shaq being a homer, being a Steelers homer. But it's your call. Who went first in the went went quicker in the draft? Geo went before. Yes, Levy and Bell both were yeah, second yeah. round picks, but they're, they're both about. Uh, yeah, I'll listen. Say what you want, Black Tie. I don't All care. Right, Call well, me a homer. I'm pick. going Levy and Bell. That's my pick. I like him. I think he has a tick more promise than Geo Bernard. I think he's has a chance to be more durable. Ironically, uh, since he was hurt uh, for much more of his rookie season than Gio was for his. All right, let's get to the defense and the linebackers. The O-line? Oh, the O-line. I'm sorry. Um, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. It's got to be the Bengals Got to be Cleveland. You've got Joe Thomas on the left Got the most dominant player there, but I like that top-to-bottom Bengals line. Alex Mack at center. They just went out and got Joel Batonio, the guy that they say is going to be a locked-in starter. You're right. You're right. Oh, well, it's just my opinion. Browns but... is right. Browns is right. I think you're correct about Let's that. Let's move on. Um, now on to the linebackers and uh, a handsome bunch we have here. Mango. <laughs> I don't think we're going to put uh, Mango on here, but we have uh, Elvis Dumerville. Vontez Perfect certainly has to make it. He was on the top 100 list. A delightful fella, too, the kibitz with. Excited to, to get a hold of Johnny Football, apparently, is Vontez Perfect. Oh, is he? Yeah. So uh, so that'll be a fun rivalry to watch over the coming. He likes to talk trash, he says. He says in the game he likes to feel who might be susceptible, whose head he can get inside of. I love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea that some guys and I legitimately am fascinated by the fact that there are some guys who you can do it to and other guys who you can't do it. I this is old news, but I think we apply this sort of even hand to well, tra- trash talk doesn't work. Some people, oh, it's nonsense. Like the Lance Stevenson thing. 
Again, you know, blowing in LeBron's ear and all that kind of stuff. Against some guys, that does work. It doesn't work against other guys, but it's worth trying it. And it's and it's phony and naive to think, as I always say. Do you think Tony Romo, after the number of failures that he's had in the clutch, that that doesn't enter his brain? What he's a because Tony Romo sloughs that. Oh no, I don't. I he's think not I'm a cyborg. I, I'm thinking of football. I'm thinking of the next play. Yeah, I'm sure you are, Tony, and I'm sure you're also thinking, don't do it again. Don't, come on, I can't do this again. It affects the way you approach things. I'm fascinated that by is, There's a parallel with you and Adam Rank on that front, I would imagine. You're able to burrow into his thoughts and sort of get him unseated and, and suddenly questioning life. Perhaps, but I wouldn't want to spend any time in there, uh, in, inside <laughs> that brain. Um, so let's name our linebackers. We got to have perfect, right? And, oh, we got Lawrence Timmons. We got Jarvis Jones. Um, well, I feel. Like, are we able to add someone that's been left off here? Of course. What do you mean, Wait. left someone off? Well, there's only six guys here, and you've left off Carlos Dansby, who was a potential oh, defensive player yeah. of the year candidate last year. Sure. Daryl Smith for the Ravens, about as consistent as it gets. I like Jabal Sheard. In Cleveland, and I think one rookie to look at. What about Ryan Shazier in Pittsburgh? Well, I we can't we can't use a rookie. Well, we can, but I mean, we we got to have Burfecht and Timmons in the middle there. I don't think we can we can carve out room just yet for Ryan Shazier, but Timmons and Burfecht would be such a dynamic duo if you could actually create that on a football field. The speed and uh, of Timmons, the size, the the overall athleticism, and the ferocity. And skill of perfect, egad, that would be uh, that would be a lethal duo. How about Jason Worlds, who had a terrific eight game mm. stretch to earn some big money, presumably uh, coming up here down the line for the Steelers. Jarvis Jones had some flashes of looking good, but another guy who was hurt too much to get consideration here. So I we like, have real like quick. Sheard. So we have Timmons and Burfecht, and for the AFC North, AFC North is loaded in linebackers. So how about we pick four here? We go All right, we got to go. Suggs. He'll be he'll be one yeah. of uh, he'll be one of our leaders in the locker room. He'll give the speeches and such. I would add Doomerville to that. Doomerville's going to make the team for you. Okay, we'll do that. Doomerville, no Mingo though. What about Sheard, the uh, the consistent uh, sack master for your? Uh, I for really your like Sheard. I think he is. We are doing a making the leap series, and he is going to be featured on that. But I don't think he has yet to really get into this conversation a year from now. Yes. But I mean that defense. Talk about they we're don't talking have about the, they have depth at every level. I you know I mean that's one thing I want to talk to Cam- Jordan Cameron about here is what's it like in practice. I mean if 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 Justin Gilbert is anything close to what his pedigree suggests and Joe Hayden, then on top of that you should have a pretty consistent and uh, and tough pass rush there in Cleveland. Boy, they're going to be hard to score on. That is what Petten tried to do and was able to do with Revis and Cromartie in New York, and I think that he's trying to recreate aspects of that. He landed in a pretty good situation because they were talented last year, but it's June. Let's see what happens come September because that's when the, the wheels fall off the card in Cleveland. All right, we're going to round it up here. The cornerbacks, Joe Hayden, he'll definitely make it. Swagga Ike Taylor. How can we not put him on here? Hold Black on. tie, he's our friend. We can't leave Swagga out of here. I mean, I love like Taylor guys, and I know he's. Well, who uh, you who do you going to put in front of him? The top five cornerback. I don't share that same belief. Wait, Ike Taylor thinks that, or do you say Sheck thinks he's yeah, a top you, five? But last season you said Ta- he's top five corner. Yeah, we had yeah that. he was five years. He was last year, but he would tell you himself, twenty thirteen wasn't his year. But he expects a big bounce back. But more importantly, who are you putting out there, though? That's the question. Ladarius Webb, I guess. I I went with Webb. It, it was interesting. There isn't a, a lock solid number two, but. 
and Ike Taylor may be a top three, top five podcast guest, but he was regularly flamed last season. He it would be ill to put him on this list. Well, I think I hope at least. I don't know. My I had the best intentions when I took him out under the blacktop outside of NFL Network and challenged him to a free throw contest because I feel like sometimes he wasn't showing up right. You know, he at, at, at the start of the game he wasn't mentally and emotionally prepared. I thought, well, he's like, he played some basketball in his youth. He was bragging about how good at basketball he was. I thought he'll defeat me, and this will keep him sharp. Mm-hmm. You know, the competitive edge sharp. Unfortunately, I destroyed him at the free <laughs> throw line. I, I embarrassed him, and now I don't Video know what to think. Video of which you can check out on NFL.com slash sec. Very bleak. That's right. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a shame for him. All right, so what do we do? Well, definitely Hayden. Webb for sure. I, I'll, I'll go Webb number two. I think that that's not the division's strongest scenario. We're not going Terrence Newman, another friend of the show, but not somebody that we're going to put Can't in there. Can't do that. I mean, is that it? So Ladarius Webb, and then who else? We're not putting Jimmy Smith in there. Justin Gilbert over uh, Justin Gilbert over Ike. Well, we have never seen Justin Gilbert. That's right. <laughs> so, so Ike makes it. Congratulations, <laughs> Swagger! No, you make outrageous. the team. What do you want us I, to do? What well, we... go. It's your show, so you, I will sign you, off. I on would that. give. You have to we, offer another name. Who's we the alternative? Throw in a, we got to throw in a young guy every now and then. I will I'm, put Justin Gilbert I'm in there, sight unseen, over Ike. Taylor. Justin Gilbert. I agree. Shame on you. Shame on you both. How dare you? Black tie. I'm telling Ike what you said, too. All right. We'll do it. Ladarius Webb, Justin Gilbert, Joe Hayden. Safeties. Dante Hittner. Silliness, Dante Hittner. Why did they? Why did the Browns do that? Why would T.J. Ward, why would they let him walk away? I think they knew enough about T.J. Ward, maybe as a practice player and a guy behind the scenes, hmm. that they were willing to move on. I don't know that, but it's like, I, I agree on paper, a Pro Bowl guy, a great run stopper, why let him go? They knew what they wanted. We're not putting Hitner on here. Troy Palomalu isn't It is making not it a great division for, and Palomalu, I thought, had a nice bounce yeah, back he had a, here. Yeah, had, uh, had some moments out there, yeah. Whitner is a guy that also, I think, played better than some want to give him credit for last season. But there isn't, there aren't, two years from now, this, this position is in a lot of trouble. Well, how about Mike Mitchell, who was very good for the Panthers last year in, a, in an otherwise pretty bad secondary for, for Carolina? He was good, and that's an under the radar signing. A, st- a place where the Steelers, if you buy the notion that there is maintaining what you have from player to player, but if, the, if you know, the, the baseball stat, I think they have it in football. Is um, is uh, RBIs? No, uh, value uh, over replacement player VORP, and you know how many wins it equals for you. Ryan Clark is a guy who was deficient back there for the Steelers, and they gave up a lot of big plays as a result. To be generous, if we assume that Mike Mit- Mitchell, I mean, I think the value over replacement or the vice versa that that Mike Mitchell can make up for a win or two for the Steelers, and uh, that would be. Last year would have meant the playoffs. I can get on board with that. And then, you know, by the way, Black Tie on this uh, pristine list says pick three safeties, and he only listed two. So let's throw (laughs) Mitchell into the mix. (laughs) Miss up. A little miss up. Wait, we're putting Hitner. Palomalu and Mike Mitchell. The Steelers. Let's go three safety defense. For the AFC North, let's go two. Let's go two. I'm going to go Palomalu. I'm going Palomalu and Whitner. All right, over Mike Mitchell. 
Boy, I that's... like the idea of Mitchell, but I'm going to go Whitner over Mitchell. Okay. Defensive line. I don't know why we started doing this. We, I guess we just didn't want to go through all the names, and for time's sake, it's probably better to just name a, a overall defensive line instead of the pieces. Um, who do you got there, though? I, I mean, to me, I think it – well, Geno Atkins is going to come back, so I think that the Bengals – Need to be considered. I love Haloti Nada. He's as dominant as it gets on the nose there. You know, since he, they run the four-man line, where that's not the case with the we – we're given a choice of the Browns and Steelers here. I A lot of the pass rush in Cincinnati comes off their defensive line. Uh, if Atkins can come back and be the guy he was, I'll go Cincinnati. Cleveland's deeper. Cleveland has a very deep defensive line. Yeah, Phil Taylor's nice. They don't have that guy, though. They don't have that star necessarily. Atkins is a game-changing, you know, once every 10 years type of player for the Bengals. I'm going Cincy. All right, I'll agree with that. Let's go with the uh, with the Bengals there. And lastly, our head coach, are we going with Mike Pettin? I don't think we're going to do that. Are we going to go with Marvin Lewis, who is the – he's the longest-tenured coach besides well, Bill disgrace. Belichick in uh, not just the AFC but uh, <laughs> but in all of football. We're going with uh, – John Harbaugh, he won a Super Bowl two years ago. They go to the playoffs just about every year. Or are you going with Mike Tomlin? I It's easy for me to just say, oh, of course, it's Mike Tomlin. But I think it's a pretty close race between John Harbaugh and Tomlin. For me, I, when I hear off-season whispers of Tomlin randomly showing up at Pittsburgh-area dive bars and just saying to the bartender, on the house, around for everyone, and then just walks out the door... That's my football coach. I love this guy. I agree with where your head's at. I want a a more enjoyable, more fun-filled pro football, and I want that for sports. <laughs> Enough with this this the the serious uh, curmudgeonly jazz. That's got leave, let's leave that in the 20th century. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks have shown us a better way. LeBron James and the Heat have shown us a better way. We can laugh. We can have fun when we when we talk about these things. So too can the players and the coaches. It doesn't have to be so serious. This is, we're not talking about Benghazi people. This is we're pro football. <laughs> let's all lighten up and have some fun. I think Coach Tomlin seems to get that. For that reason, I'm going with that. And uh, and uh, and let's be honest, it's the Steelers. I'm going with Mike Tomlin. Lastly, who wins the division in 2014? Wow. You know, I, I think Pittsburgh, of all the teams, has they've had an interesting offseason where they've gone against the grain of what sometimes they do in terms of adding some free agents. I thought they had a really interesting draft. You've got Big Ben. You've got the best quarterback in the division. For me, that is often, if, you're, if it's a muddled division like this one is, that's the indicator. That's what I lean on. Pittsburgh. Boy, uh, you know who's going to be good this year, by the way, is the Ravens. You know, I denounced Joe Flacco one year. Then that means that he's going to have a big year. And clearly, maybe it's because of the Ray Rice stuff. Maybe it's because of the lack of a consistent running game last year. But they have clearly now decided, based on the moves that Ozzy and company have made there, that this is going to be a throwing team on offense. They bring in Steve Smith and Owen Daniels, and I make fun of Dennis Pitta's placement on the top 100 list, but he is a legit target for Flacco and Torrey Smith with some weapons around him might really take off and be a you know an 80 catch type of guy. I could see him really having the best season of his career. All that said, the Ravens are going to be good. The Browns are going to be really interesting. And if it weren't for the Josh Gordon stuff, I would say this team has a real shot at nine or ten wins. Mm. This is you know top to bottom could be a brutal division. And since he keeps on going. The big question is, is uh, the guy at the trigger there. I don't love Andy Dalton. I'm going to, for now, this is a placeholder pick. 
I've said the Packers, and if not the Packers, then the Bears are going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. So I'm willing to make some statements. I can't, This is just in pencil. I'm going to say the Ravens for now. Things can change, though. That's not one that you have to put in pen. All right, football <laughs> listening public. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying that you have to. But right now, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. By the, a hair. the difference here is in years past, the Ravens and Steelers could bottom feed on Cleveland and Cincinnati. Two when guaranteed were, right? wins, right? And they were winning the division at 11 and five, 12 and four, 13 and three. Pittsburgh is gonna win this division division with an eight, seven and one record. Just Take like it the to Packers the last year. Yeah. All right. Well, I forget where the Steelers closed their season. Maybe it'll close on the Aaron Rodgers esque play, a uh, a toss into the night air, and uh, Antonio Brown will be waiting at the other end for it all by himself, and he'll catch it and run it into the end zone. And the Steelers will return to their rightful place in the playoffs. All right, listen, I got good news and bad news. Mark Sessler, I enjoyed this time with you in Studio 66. That's the good news. I think you were terrific. I thought you uh, you handled yourself nicely. You handled yourself like a gentleman, and you're to be commended for that. The bad news is your time's out. The boss is calling. He wants you back downstairs just in time for Jordan Cameron. I know who signs the checks. It's been a delight. Let's not wait another uh, 17, 18 months to revisit. Well, the best way to ensure that that doesn't happen is we have to arrange the first ever Thunderdome in Studio 66, a tussle between around the league Greg Rosenthal and uh, around the leaguer Mark Sessler. Let's get that on sooner rather than later. Book it. All right, there he goes. The great Mark Sessler. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. Oh, yeah, Fancy Pants. I forgot about That was his old name now. It's been so long I forgot. Mark Sessler is at... Sessler NFL? Mark Sessler NFL. M- Mark Sessler NFL. That's why I, he's fancy pants because he just he feels he, uh, he's vain enough. He feels I have to let the world know NFL is next to my name. It's he, he that's what his thing is. He he feels I think it's being being a Browns fan, he feels unimportant on some level. So he feels like if I put that NFL those three those three letters next to it somehow it makes me seem cool. Either way, do that. Follow him on uh, at NFL. Track him down at NFL.com. Some really good stuff on uh, the Colin Kaepernick signing by the 49ers. All right, Black Tie. Dial him up. Did you write down the All-AFC North team? Yeah, I got it. I, I hope you go. have it in pencil because I, I do want to get what. his thoughts on uh, QB and tight end for sure. I'll tell you what. The AFC North, they bring it on wide receivers and line, linebackers. Wide receivers, A.J. Green, Josh Gordon, and Antonio Brown. That's probably three of the top eight wide receivers in the league. What a devastating front seven that's going to be, mm. too, for any team to, have to, to deal with. All right. Uh, dial him up, Black Tie. Get, uh, get our guy Jordan Cameron on the line. Dave. Dave. All right, this is exciting. One of the breakout stars of the 2013 season. In fact, I dare say he should have shown up on the NFL Network's top 100 list. He did not, but I'm sure that will be righted in 2014. Here he is, everybody. Jordan Cameron. What's the poop, fella? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Sure thing. How's practice going? How's Cleveland, Ohio? Everything's going good, you know, learning this new offense. We got uh, Kyle in here, Kyle Shanahan, and uh, mm-hmm. just implemented this new stuff, so we've been getting after it. It's actually a, a beautiful day in Cleveland. I can't complain. It feels like Southern California. <laughs> actually, as though you're, <laughs> as though you're surprised. So, so you were beaten down a little bit by the last winter? 
<laughs> you know, it just it's the, the winter comes, December comes, it gets a little cold, but you know, I'm I'm kind of used to it now. I've been acclimated the last three years, so I'm used to it. Um, all right. Well, listen. Yeah, you're a SoCal guy, and I would love to get your opinion on uh, on some NBA stuff because I know you're a Blake Griffin pal and all that sort of stuff. But let's talk pro football, and specifically the aforementioned top 100 list. Are you aware of it? Do you and some of the other fellas? Watch this thing, or or is it uh, not important to you to get into that top one hundred? Um, I don't I don't pay attention to it. I, you hear, you know, there's reactions, and you hear like guys maybe upset if they're not in it or not. But uh, you know, it's one of those things that's out of my control completely. If I'm on it, sweet. If I'm not, no mm-hmm. problem. Uh, it's, it's not that big of a deal to me. What do you think, though? Who is the gold standard in your book? When I guess, however you want to gauge it, to me, I love. Vernon Davis because he blocks in addition to catching passes, a la Jimmy Graham. But if you had to choose one guy, who's your tight end in uh, in the NFL besides Jordan Cameron, of course? I like uh, Jason Witten. I think he's a hmm. great player. He does both blocking and, and receiving, and he's a true pro. He's been doing it for a long time, playing at a high level, and you know it's it's he he does everything well. He's got great technique and great uh, work ethic so he's a guy you definitely want to emulate your game off of you know you mentioned that you're installing that new offense which by all accounts from the outside is very similar to what the Redskins uh, were doing with RG3 a couple of years ago have you looked back at uh, at the 2012 tape of those Redskins is that something you guys are doing in the film room to to sort of uh, uh, you know ready yourselves mentally for what you're going to be doing here and and is that what the quarterback's going to be doing we're going to see the QB whoever it is on the move like uh, like we saw RG three a couple years ago. Yeah, we do a lot of you know their their zone scheme. You know they they get they get moving off the ball in their run game, and uh, so you'll see a lot of that. You know Kyle does a good job of adjusting to his players, and it's gonna it's gonna fit. It's gonna be tailored to us and what our strengths are, and you'll see a lot of different stuff. You know I can't be giving away too much here, but you know he, he he's a creative mind. He's a confident guy, and he'll find ways to get people the ball, and you know and really bring out the best in each player. I don't know if I like that, uh, Jordan Cameron. I, uh, listen, I, I want straight talk here. I want no jive is what I want from you. You can tell me. You can tell me anything. Let, tell me this. You live in Cleveland now, or you're up there for the football season at the very least. Do you find it weird from the outside, you know, somebody who moved from Southern California? Isn't it weird that the team is named the Cleveland Browns and the or- and, and the helmet is orange? Maybe that's weird, but we got, you know, we wear brown pants. We got the brown jerseys. You can't have all Yeah, but brown the brown colors. pants are no weird. good. But the brown pants are no good. You got to get rid of those things, man. That's I the... like the brown pants. Oh, no, I like no, the no. all brown look. That's, that's my favorite look last year. Oh, no, no, no. Incorrect. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You're not uh, a fan? I don't like those brown pants. I say get rid of them, Jordan Cameron. What about, uh, so let's talk about um, something that we've been doing here on the show the last couple of weeks. We have been going division by division, and today just so happens to be AFC North Day. So let's get somebody who plays within that rugged division. And specifically, let's pick a quarterback because obviously Brian Hoyer had the nice beginning of the season until injury. Now you have that other guy from Texas A&M, but neither one of those guys is going to be our quarterback for the AFC North right now when you have Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, and Andy Dalton. Go ahead and make your choice. Who do you want starting if these teams, if we, instead of all conference teams, instead of the Pro Bowl being conference v. conference, instead it's division by division by division. Who's our quarterback here? In the AFC conference, and you said I can't pick my own or my own quarterback for my own team. Yes, it's got to be in the North. Even someone else. 
Yes. I mean, I like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's he's a tough guy. He'll hang in the pocket, make throws. He's another guy I've been playing for a long time at a high level. Uh, you got to respect the way he plays and Super Bowl games. And I know Flacco is the same, but I think Ben's been doing it a little longer, and uh, I would take Ben. That's the correct answer. That's a, that's that's a hundred percent right, Jordan Cameron. Now let's get to tight end. There's Dennis Pitta. There's Owen Daniels. There's Heath Miller. You know, there's some names out there. There's also a name, Jordan Cameron, who's playing tight end for the uh, all AFC North team. And I can't choose myself. You can choose yourself. I I, I don't, but I want it to not be jive. If you feel you should okay. be the number well, one, I, then make yourself number one. <laughs> I would make myself number one. But there's a lot of great tight ends in our division. I think uh, you're, you're missing. You didn't say Eifert or Gresham. They're they're great players. Obviously, you know, uh, Pitty. Yeah, those guys are awesome. But I feel like I would be number one in the in the AFC North. If you're talking about tight ends. Yeah, well, I like the uh, shout out to your uh, your cross state foes there, the uh, the Bengals. But let's talk about the Browns for a second here. Like I mentioned, you guys did draft a quarterback in the first round um, in, uh, I think it was the 22nd pick overall. Out of Texas A&M, the kid's name is Johnny Manziel. What's your, uh, what are your impressions so far from him? So far, he's good. He's learning this offense, you know, and it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough transition for, for a rookie to, you know, come in here and learn a new offense, get to know his teammates and everything. But he's an exciting player, you can tell. You can, he, we haven't been able to see really what Johnny football does, you know, because he's really a gamer guy that gets in there and make plays and, uh, there's obviously no contact in spring ball, but you can see, uh, you know, spurts of him doing what he does, and he makes people, you know, get excited and a lot of emotion when, with the way he plays. And now uh, you can tell he's got he's got that energy about him that every quarterback needs. Boy, oh boy, yeah, it really does seem like it's going to be an exciting season up there in Cleveland. And good for you that you get to be a part of it. But really, practice must be brutal for the offense, which isn't to, to diminish any of you guys. But that defense is positively dominant or at least potentially everybody's talking about Johnny Manziel the guy who I feel the worst for on the Browns is Justin Gilbert not too bad because I think he's probably going to end up making some good money himself but just the same nobody's talking about the guy who went eighth overall in favor of talking about the guy who went 14 spots behind him how good is that defense do you anticipate to be they're pretty good man they give us they give us a lot of looks and they're throwing the kitchen sink in us right now and it's it's tough to go against them they got a lot of good players obviously Joe Hayden and Whitner back there, and it's they, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that they do well, and it's a tough unit, you know, and it's it's going to make our offense so much better going against them every day, and they make it difficult for us to move the ball, and it's just it's a process, and we're trying to get better, but like I said, they they do a great job disguising things and just throwing a lot at us at once, and it's it's hard to go against them, but like I said, it'll make us a, a much better team. Egad, imagine trying to have a passing attack against if if Gilbert really pans out the way he's expected to, and Joe Hayden on the other side. Good luck throwing the ball on uh, on those Browns there, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they, you know, they they. I mean, it's going to be tough. But Joe obviously is one of the best corners in the league, if not the best. And uh, you know, it's it's fun to see him and Josh go at it every day, and it's it's going to be a real challenge for any offense. Um, and uh, what about um, the – let's talk uh, NBA real quick here. Um, so are you a Clippers guy, or are you, do you also root for the Lakers a little bit? I like Blake Griffin, but hmm. I'm a Lakers fan. Uh-oh. Well, then these are dark days for you. How are you dealing <laughs> with uh, with this uh, this terrible slide of your team? Uh, it's rough. It's, it's hard to watch, but I have faith we're going to bounce back. We're going to make some moves here, and hopefully Kobe's healthy. He's, I don't know how much more he's got left, but I hope 
up a couple more good ones, and I'm just hoping we bounce back. I love the idea that Kobe, but isn't it a little, aren't aren't you a little nervous if you're being honest about uh, as a Lakers fan? Aren't you a little nervous? Hey, yes, the guy who's 36 and has a bad knee and a bad uh, Achilles, yeah, the team will be built around him going forward. That's a, that seems dicey. It does, but we can't build it around him, but we, I, I gotta have faith in my guy. He's been, I've been watching him since I was a little kid, and so I'm, I'm a big believer in Kobe. I love, I love how people don't think he's gonna do it. I think that's motivation for him, and I think he'll make it happen. <laughs> I like it. You're a fan. You're, you're a true fan. And who would you I, like to see him hire as the coach then? That's a great question. I have no idea. I, that's, that's uh, not, I, I would, I haven't had any thought about that. Uh, well, then tell us real quick, then, before we let you go, what do you think about Mike Pettin, all that noise in the, right after the season, and uh, this is a dysfunctional situation, but it seems to me, and, you know, I am a flawless judge of character, Mike Pettin <laughs> seems like a cool guy who is going to be a great head coach and going to be a great fit for you guys. Is he? Does he cut a pretty cool figure in the locker room? Yes, definitely. He's very uh, black and white. He, he he just calls it how it is, and that's very refreshing from a head coach to just, you're not doing good, he'll tell you you're not doing good. You're doing good, he'll tell you you're doing good. And just, hmm. you know, he'll tell you what to fix and how, what to do better at, but he's not he's not beating around the bush. It is what it is, and it's very, uh, like I said, refreshing to have a coach that is just very simple with you and it'll break it down, and he wants everyone to treat everyone the exact same. You can respect a guy like that. Last question. Are you? Where do you rank yourself among the Jordans of history? There are a lot of Jordans. I don't know if you've noticed. We've been talking about it of late. Between because I talked to Cameron Wake last week, and we were talking. You know, there are a lot of Camerons and a lot of Jordans. And as you know, there's a Jordan Cameron and a Cameron Jordan. It's hard for yeah. me to keep track of. Is it hard for you to keep track of who you are? <laughs> Well, to me, there's only one Jordan. When someone says Jordan, it's Michael Jordan. Other than that, it's, it's, who knows? I mean, that's, all, that's how You I don't even count it. yourself? There's only one Jordan no, and it's I mean, not I mean, you? I, I don't get how people get me and Cam and Jordan confused. We look for the opposite. We look the exact opposite. It makes no <laughs> sense how people can think I'm this guy. Uh, it's, it's crazy to me. I say this. Here's what we'll do. I, it, at, do at your convenience... And Cameron's. Let's get uh, let's get together, and we'll do Jordan Cameron versus Cameron Jordan, and we'll see who the better Jordan Cameron Cameron Jordan is. <laughs> uh, let's do it. I'll we'll do just it. put our heads together. We'll figure out all the big issues in pro football. It'll be Jordan Cameron Jordan is what we'll call the segment, and and we'll just you're figure it all out. Me, I can't imagine how many people are confusing right now. I'm getting confused with the Camerons and the Jordans. That's all over the place. You have a new offense to learn. All right, go do that. Don't don't cloud your head with my nonsense right now. But as an NBA guy, Spurs are uh, Spurs are Heat in the finals. Uh, I want the Spurs to win, but the Heat are going to. So whatever that means. Oh well, well, well. A bold, uh, a bold statement there, guaranteeing another championship for another sport. I like it. Uh, Jordan Cameron, you're a delight, and uh, like I say, we'll speak next when uh, when we have Cameron Jordan also <laughs> on the line, and we'll figure it all out. In the meantime, uh, good health to you, and uh, good luck going into the season, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Go enjoy that Cleveland weather. Who knows when it's going to come <laughs> back? Either I'm from Pittsburgh. I know how it can be. There he goes. Nice fella. Black tie. I want you to do that. Make that so. Jordan Cameron versus Cameron Jordan. That was actually a great idea. Don't actually me. I don't like that adverb. Actually indicates surprise. That was actually a good idea. Great idea. 
um, hey, did you see that? Andy Dalton actually made a good throw there. See, it's not it's not complimentary. It's damning when you say when you use the adverb actually in there. But yes, I don't mean it has to be contentious. Jordan Cameron versus Cameron Jordan. It's just the two guys and me, and we'll just well, I don't even have to be in it. They just will talk to each other like pardon the interruption or whatever. They just figure it all out. You know, they're the other like he says, they're the yin and yang. You know. They don't look alike, but they're basically the opposites, and they could just figure out all issues. I love this idea. All right, let's do that. Here's what else we're going to do. We're going to stop this show now. We'll leave you for you uh, American football fans. But make sure you are on the lookout because uh, because also somewhere out there on iTunes, on Stitcher, at NFL.com, slash Shaq, S-H-E-K, you will hear it will not be the Dave Damashek football program. It will be the Dave Damashek football program, spelled with two M's and an E at the end. And uh, it will be two much smarter uh, soccer talkers than myself. It will be Black Tie and the Gold Standard, the producer of the Around the League podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to that and learning about the uh, the so-called beautiful game and to figure out who I should be. I guess I know who I should root for. I should root for the USA. What am I thinking? But anyway, I'll, who, who might win is, I guess, what I'll find out. And maybe learn a thing or two. Maybe you will as well. Make sure you look for that one. We'll be back with more pro football, American style It's going to be a two-parter. So this is part one. Part two is going to be the World Cup special. Why does it have to be part one and two? I like doing Isn't it just like a I like th- sequels. All right, but yeah. shouldn't it just be like subtitles. The, the football Age podcast. of the World Cup. But if you make it part two, don't you want it to just be... The Dave Damashek football program. I think that'll be a nicer thing. It'll be its own show. You have a point. Actually, a good point. Okay. Thank you again for your actually. All right. So uh, I actually wish you all the best on this this soccer show. Be on the lookout for that. Like I say, we'll be back with more American football talk next week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football and football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. By the way... Wow, that's probably the first time in DDFP history where that wasn't the last word said on a podcast before the Yubnuck song. But by the way, there is there is going to be some NFL crossover talk a little bit. So if you're an NFL fan who's looking to dibble and dab into the World Cup, All stick right, around. enough with Listen. your self-promotion. It's unbecoming. Like I say, it's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com.